Now open the scriptures. I hope you have your Bible with you. To Acts chapter 1. A couple of pages earlier, in Acts chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus, when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is showing up now for the apostles. We established last week that all through his life, Jesus was clearly shown to be the Messiah because the Holy Spirit was on him in a more powerful way than it had been upon anyone in the Old Testament. Jesus was the chosen one. He was the Messiah, full of the Holy Spirit, so he was therefore going to be the one also then who ushers in a new age when the Spirit would be poured out on all mankind. That's the language of Scripture. That is what Scripture was establishing. That is is what all of the Old Testament is about, is just bringing us to the time of a Messiah who would be the one who would die for the sins of the world and then bring in a whole new kingdom. That's what Jesus was preaching. The kingdom of God is near. It's at hand. And this kingdom was connected with the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on all mankind. In other words, this kingdom would impact the whole earth, the whole world, all people. So then we get to Acts chapter 1 and we just see this come about. Acts chapters 1 and 2, it is, as we read it, we should be filled with excitement. Knowing that what Jesus began, it was fulfilled. He was the Messiah and he ushered in the kingdom of God. That's what we see in Acts chapters 1 and 2. The kingdom of God arrives, the Holy Spirit is poured out, not just upon these apostles, but upon all mankind. It's exciting, but what we truly see today is just the Holy Spirit coming upon the apostles and then being received by those who confess the name of Christ and are baptized into Jesus. That's really, it's just a trickle. Remember the story of, I hope as we go through this, you'll kind of keep remembering Ezekiel chapter 47 that spoke of the Holy Spirit, the work that was, well, the Holy Spirit coming forth from the temple in the form of a trickle. It starts as a trickle, some some drips coming out of the temple and then becoming this little bit of a stream and then becoming this massive flood waters that... Living, or living waters and deliver life to places where there was nothing but death. So this is the beginning of that flood. This is the Holy Spirit being poured out and the start of what will be the, the pouring out on all mankind. So Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 reads, The first account... I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. Holy Spirit's mentioned there, isn't it? So let's 
first of all, see two things. I want to make two notes about these first two verses. First of all, when it says all that Jesus began to do and teach, this suggests that when Jesus began to do and teach, it did not end when he was taken up until up into heaven. It was a beginning. Jesus was just the beginning. He began to do. He began to teach. Second point, well, and you should be, well, how does that, he, he went to heaven, how does that continue on today? Well, the answer, hopefully, is obvious. Second point is the Holy Spirit caused Jesus to speak orders to his apostles. So I want to hone in on this word speak today. It's underlined a few times in here because this is going to emphasize how we in particular can participate with the spirit. Anytime you hear the Holy Spirit being called upon, this is giving uh, the, the Holy Spirit gives people courage to act. Remember, Jesus began to do, so the Holy Spirit gives us courage to act, but also the Holy Spirit gives us courage to speak. Teaching comes primarily through a sharing of words in some form or fashion. You can teach in a lot of ways, but there is a message conveyed. We must share that message. The Holy Spirit enables us to speak the words that we must speak, the message that needs to be given. So the Holy Spirit caused Jesus to speak orders to his apostles. That's what verse number 2 says. He was he the Holy Spirit had, he had by the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So he is going to give orders to them that through the Holy Spirit. Jesus through the Holy Spirit speaks orders. And then as we look glance down to verse number 8 it says, but Jesus speaking to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. And as you hear that thought about Jesus um, telling them that they would be witnesses, that makes you think maybe they're going to be speaking some words about Jesus. They're going to be testifying. They're going to bear witness. So the apostles then, when the Holy Spirit when they receive power from the Holy Spirit, that was going to give them words then that they could go out and share with others. The Holy Spirit was going to help them to speak. Of course, you're flashing back. Well, obviously the Holy Spirit helps people to speak because all through the Old Testament we saw people, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, then they spoke. They were prophets and they spoke the words of God. So speaking is a clear part of this. Uh, let's jump backwards to Luke. chapter Luke chapter 24, the last chapter of Luke. And I want you to listen to these words, look at these words, but hear what they have to say, and hear how they are connected with what I am telling you. With what we see, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes, gives them courage to speak, to act, and to speak. The speaking is the emphasis. Okay, so verse 44, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, that's fine. Verse, verse 44 of Luke 24. 
Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. We know what that promise is, right? The Helper, the Holy Spirit. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So before they can be as witnesses in Jerusalem and then pouring forth out to everywhere else, Becoming that mighty stream first, they have to be clothed with power from on high. And that is, fits very much with what Jesus had said, even just from Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and then down in verse 8. You're going to be my witnesses. You're going to speak the message. I began to do things and to speak things, to teach things. You're going to do the same things. You're going to share this message. Mark chapter 16. Flip back to the very end of Mark. And of course the end, of, I didn't even list it here, but the, the end of Matthew 28, 28 um, the, those verses at the end, 18 through uh, to the end, they fit well too. But Mark, listen to Mark chapter 16, verse number 15, and then I'm just going to jump down to, to verse number 20. And he said to them, go into all the world, and preach the gospel to all creation. So here's the point, is to teach, to preach, starting in Jerusalem, then going forth to everywhere, is to teach the gospel, preach the gospel, proclaim the good news. Verse 20, And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them, and confirm the word by the signs that follow. So this jumps ahead, even past where, you know, it jumps to the end of the sermon, actually, today. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon them, and the Holy Spirit is going to be used to confirm the words that they give, but the Holy Spirit is also giving them the words to say. They went out and preach everywhere. They give the message of salvation they tell the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ was the Messiah who died for their sins, and that not only was he a Messiah that died for the sins, but he also ushers in a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. They aren't going to preach the kingdom of God is at hand. They say the kingdom of God has come. Jesus was the Messiah. He is the King David. King like David. However you want to look at it. They're king. The mighty king, mightier than Moses, better than David. Follow him. And that's the same message we have. The kingdom has come. We are recipients that not only, well, that the Holy Spirit is now poured out upon all of us. It's not like in the old, 
Old Testament where the Holy Spirit was just poured out on a few people here and there and everywhere. Not everywhere. It was just a few. Just some of them. Now it's poured out on all mankind. Anyone who would call upon the name of the Lord. Okay, so back to Acts. Let's jump down to verse number 4, and we're going to read 4 through 8. We've already looked at a little bit of this. But uh, in, in verse number 3, he talks about, he tell, teaches them about the kingdom of God. Verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem. So this fits precisely with uh, Luke and with Mark. But to wait for what the Father had promised. Which, he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So that, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in both, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come upon them. The Spirit would give them power to speak the good news of Jesus. This it's so simple. But this is the emphasis, this is the build up, this is like the high point. This is all the Old Testament was building up to this moment that Jesus would come and die, and it's not just that he would come and die for our sins, but then he would establish the kingdom. And this is what he is saying is coming. This you're going to be you're going to receive this kingdom with power, the Holy Spirit coming upon you. So let's go on to Acts chapter two, when it is finally uh, comes to its fullness and fruition on the day of Pentecost. Everything makes sense then to uh, the apostles, I think. Um, and what part didn't make sense to them, the Holy Spirit certainly made clear to them. And there's one verse in particular, I think, when Peter's talking where he is saying, this is the last days and it's the kingdom. It's all coming together. The Spirit being poured out. This is exciting times. So first of all, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. When the day of Pentecost had come. So this is about 10 days after the ascension. After Jesus had ascended. So Jesus was around for about 40 days, it says in Acts chapter 1. Um, now here it is about 10 days later because this is the day of Pentecost. Pentecost being 50 days after uh, Passover. So we know then this is, um, this is, Jesus is, they've had to wait in Jerusalem for 10 days. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So listen, to, and let me read verse 3 also. And there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each of them. Um, 
And note in verse, um, verse number six, it says, And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together. So this is a, such a, it's a loud sound, a violent rushing wind sound, and it alerts everybody that something's going on. And just the fact that it's wind, doesn't that make you think? Wind? Doesn't it make you think that, hey, this is a spirit thing? This is a wind thing? Ruach and Numa being our words that mean breath or wind or spirit. So the Holy Spirit shows up. Not only is the wind, but there's also fire. Wind and fire being clear indications that this is the Spirit of God. Wind and fire... The, uh, the, there are a lot of other things that we looked at in the Holy in the Old Testament that indicated the Holy Spirit. One being water, so that's going to come into play here too. All right. So now, the apostles then are going to uh, uh, kind of take things over here. Verse number four. It says, "And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them." utterance so the holy spirit has clearly showed up and notice here that the apostles were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak you know we we focus on this the you know they speak with other tongues and i'm you know that's miraculous that's the holy spirit but just notice the simple thing they began to speak when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they began to speak. And the Spirit was giving them utterance. <laughs> the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, Jesus had instructed them to wait. We looked at that. Gathered, gathering them together, He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait that word wait was also in Luke. They were supposed to wait. They waited 10 days. But now, when the Spirit comes, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon them, they began speaking of the mighty deeds of God. To borrow the phrase from down a little bit farther in verse 11. Acts chapter 2, verse 11, it talked about all the different peoples that were hearing them saying, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. So they are speaking because of the Holy Spirit working. They are speaking the mighty things of God. And what are the mighty things, the mighty works of God? We heard in our communion service the mighty work that Jesus did. I don't know for sure, but I wonder if the mighty works that they spoke of were the works of salvation that came through Jesus and what Jesus did on the cross. Bringing salvation. Bringing in the kingdom of God. So they had to wait. But as soon as that spirit comes, they're no longer idle. But they began doing and speaking. The Holy Spirit is not idle. God's presence with a person gives them courage to speak and to act on behalf of God. So all through the Old Testament, as we looked at the Holy Spirit, 
Usually that spirit was coming, God's presence with somebody because God needed somebody to do something. You can even consider, well, God was present with the people, His chosen people. He wasn't even with the rest of the people. Well, we understand, you read through that Old Testament, God's presence was with the, His people, with the Israelites, with the Jews, not just to be with just them, but because He wanted them to be a kingdom of priests to all the nations. God always wanted all people to be saved. Even the promise before the kingdom of, uh, of Israel, before that, that nation was even developed, God told Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I've got a purpose for you because through you all nations will be blessed. All nations. So God's presence is always a speaking, a teaching. It's always, hey, I've got something that needs done. The reason God's temple was with His people because He needed to be present with the people to get them to do what they were supposed to do. They often failed miserably at that, didn't they? But thank goodness there was somebody who to be a mediator and to come along who was prophesied and that was the Messiah to be their mighty king. And then through this king, then all nations are going to be blessed. All right, so, the Spirit of God, all through the Old Testament, when you think in terms of the Holy Spirit working, it's like that is what was going on in the Old Testament, completely and wholly, all the way through. God needed His people to do something. They couldn't do it themselves, so He has to come and show up with them to be with them, the Holy Spirit upon them, upon an individual or several individuals to do, to go out and lead a mighty army, or to speak, the prophets. The Holy Spirit is always at work helping people who couldn't do something on their own to do something that God needed to get done. That's what the Bible is all about. The Holy Spirit coming to help people, and in particular here we see helping people to speak with courage the words that need to be shared. That's the central message to all of Scripture. Acts chapters 1 and 2 just show that. It brings it together. And then we're going to see from this time forth in Acts chapter 2, from that day forth, it's the same promise. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always. Even to the very end of the age, He said that as He was ascending, leaving them. I'm going to be with you always. Well, then He sent the Spirit to come be with His apostles and then with us. All right. So now to jump down to Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Peter is explaining this to everybody. What's going on here? These people, this Holy Spirit sound, the Holy Spirit tongues of fire. Um, Peter says this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Acts 2, verse 16. Verse 17, and it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams, even your bond slaves. He goes on, he continues quoting from Joel. Peter's explanation connected the Holy Spirit's being poured out 
with the prophecy of Joel. So all this stuff that's going on, hey, the Holy Spirit is here, what was prophesied, and it's a, pro- it's a pouring out on all mankind. He also confirms that the last days had begun and the kingdom of God was established. Now this is an interesting thing if you want to study this and search this out. Um, in, in verse 17, the very first words, as he's saying, I'm quoting from the prophet Joel, the first words are not exactly from Joel. He uses, he borrows some words from Isaiah and from some other places to connect the prophecies. He, 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 so let me get back to my message here and I'll just, uh, my outline to, to make it clear and concise. Joel 2.28 does not say last or latter days. Look it up. Look at Joel 2.28. That's where he starts quoting from, but it doesn't say those words. You can even look at the Septuagint. You can look at the Septuagint or, uh, or the, uh, the, the one that was delivered by the Jews. That I can't even say what that translation was. The most, the, yeah, whatever. That wording connects to the kingdom in Isaiah 2.2. Last days. That's from Isaiah 2.2. It's from Daniel 2.28. It's from Daniel chapter 10 verse 14. It's from Hosea 3.5. It's from Micah chapter 4 verse 1. Last days is connected with the kingdom of God. And so Peter takes the opportunity here as he gets ready to, to quote from Joel. He also quotes, he adds in some words from Isaiah or what any, pick any one of these. The last days, this is what was spoken of in the last days. Not only has the Holy Spirit come and is poured out on all mankind, this is the last days. The kingdom is here. This is a prophecy about the kingdom. Peter is putting in here, and this is, I say Peter, he shouldn't get the credit, should he? It's the Holy Spirit within him that is indicating this, connecting the kingdom of God with the Holy Spirit being poured out on all mankind. That is clear. The eternal kingdom that would be greater than all other kingdoms, with a king that is greater than all other kings, it has arrived. That is the last days. We, the last days started on the day of Pentecost. That's the kingdom beginning. Undisputable. So, and remember, this is important because all of the prophecies are, were building up to a time when the whole world would be refreshed by the pouring out of the Spirit. And at the same time, it's a kingdom that is established. The king with King Jesus. Kingdom with King Jesus, excuse me. So now, Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, to just kind of wrap up the, the, the message here, to summarize Peter's message in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 22, it says, Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man tested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him and in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. So there the, the Holy Spirit proved that Jesus was the Messiah. That was last week's sermon from the Gospels themselves when we looked at that. 
And now, and, but he tells him, but you killed him. But God raised him up again. That's good news. And then on down in verse number 32. This Jesus, Peter continues, this Jesus, God raised up again to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth. Here's a reference to the Spirit again. He has poured forth this which you both see and hear. The Holy Spirit is evident in these people proclaiming the word of God. As they're speaking the mighty deeds of God by the power of the Holy Spirit, it is evidence that Jesus has ascended to heaven and sent his spirit down here. The Holy Spirit is poured out. Well, they realize they've killed the Messiah, the long-promised one, the one who is to be king of this new kingdom. And so they say, what shall we do? And in uh, verse 37, they, they say that, what shall we do? Peter said to them, verse 38, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's pause there and uh, just realize that being immersed, being cleansed, being washed as white as snow in a watery grave, it washes you and cleanses you and therefore makes you a good place for the Holy Spirit to dwell. And you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is then poured out into you. I will note that um, the pouring out of the Spirit into believers who are immersed into Christ, it's evident here that they don't come out of the water and start prophesying in tongues, speaking in tongues. It's not the point of the Spirit, but I guarantee they would begin proclaiming the wonderful things of God because God did great things for them. They were praising, as it says in verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. They were speaking the wonderful things of God when they received the Holy Spirit within them. Not doing the miracles, but speaking according to that same Spirit. And then in verse 39, it says, For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. Man, there's a... In that verse 39, as you think, if you could think back and look back to some of the verses we looked at, um, just dealing with the Holy Spirit, there's some verses that are alluded to here in this, in this verse. I'm going to take you to just one of them. And there's a lot of other passages, too, that are, that are kind of referenced in there. But look at Isaiah 59:21. This is a passage that was read. We focused on it a lot. We mentioned it last week, and I want to mention it again. Because it is all, the work of the Holy Spirit is connected to us. This is about us. Not the miracles, but the Holy Spirit being within us to speak. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My Spirit, so this is God speaking. God's Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, which is upon you. Speaking about the Messiah. The Holy Spirit that was on the Messiah. And that's clear in the context. My spirit which is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth, Messiah, Jesus, 
Now I continue in Scripture. My words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring. Wait, did Jesus have children? The answer is yes. His twelve apostles and every other offspring that comes from him. Your, the words shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your offspring, nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring, says the Lord, from now and forever. The Holy Spirit that is offered verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, for the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. The Holy Spirit be coming within us and helping us to be able to have the message and the courage to speak it with boldness. That's embedded within verse 39. That's the message that is given for all who are far off this Is it a promise that the Holy Spirit is going to enable every single person to to be able to perform miracles? No, I don't think so. But I think it is a promise for us to be able to receive the Spirit and then to speak according to that Spirit. Remember, it takes you right back. It's it's even Jesus in chapter 1, verse number 2. After he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles, Jesus spoke by the Holy Spirit. And we're enabled to speak by the Holy Spirit. That's part of the promise. There are other promises wrapped up in that. I don't want to limit it to just that, but that's part of the promise. It's embedded in there. Um, Therefore, when we are baptized into Christ, we also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and the words of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us speak his words. My last verse, I I jump to uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And this is apostles, and this is, I think, a a miraculous kind of way. Uh, But it doesn't have to be limited to that. We can grab hold of the passage and hear these words for us, being able to speak these words. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says, and when they had prayed... The place where they were gathered together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak. Holy Spirit comes, they start speaking. They began to speak the word of God with boldness. I contend that that is the same Holy Spirit that we receive today and we need to act like it. I need to act like it. There is a message to be shared. We must have the courage to declare it. There is a reason that when we are immersed that we re- that we believe and we know that it is true that the promise of the Holy Spirit is given to us, that we receive it. And it is not so that we can feel good, but it's so that we can have courage to go forth and proclaim the message that we have accepted and believe. Do you have the Holy Spirit? If so, then let us proclaim it. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, or you haven't been acting like it, it's time to start acting like it. But if you have not been baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins so that you can receive that gift of the Holy Spirit, today is the day to do it. 
give your life to Him and know that you're entering into a life. It is a life of purpose. And that purpose is to declare the great deeds of God shown to us in Christ Jesus. If you need to give your life to Christ today, won't you please stand?